Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features an episode of I Was a Communist for the FBI called Hate Song. It first aired around 1952. I was a communist for the FBI. Starring Dana Andrews in an exciting tale of danger and espionage, I was a communist for the FBI. The story you are about to hear is based on the actual records and authentic experiences of Matt Sivetic, an undercover agent of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, who for nine fantastic years lived as a communist for the FBI. Here is our star, Dana Andrews, as Matt Sivetic, undercover agent. Communists, as I learned over a period of nine miserable years, are particularly fond of children. Young minds are so susceptible to red poison. But some kids don't know what they're supposed to be susceptible to. And, as in this story, even the Reds can't convince them. In a moment, listen to Dana Andrews as Matt Sivetic, Undercover Man. Andrews as Matt Sabetic, Undercover Man. This story from the confidential file is marked Hate Song. I was alone for a change. Comrade Kettner and my other commie playmates were marking time. No new projects on the red agenda. The next cell meeting, two days away. I was even up to date on my reports to the FBI. <sighs> Quiet hour. Sweet and blissful. Time to insulate the nerve endings. Time to forget the future. Enjoy the present. <sighs> End of quiet hour. Nerves twanging like guitar strings again. Time for my past to explode in my face. Hello? Mr. Savetic, please. Speaking. Who is this? Matt? Yes. Who is this? Matt, it's great to hear your voice again, son. Who is this? Dr. Norcott, Matt, remember? Dr. Norcott? Oh, the years haven't changed me that much, have they? Well, doctor, well, this is, this is wonderful. What in the world are you doing so far from home? Same old thing. Plugging away for Boys Incorporated, the best kids' organization in America. Still, it's guiding light, huh? Yes, sir. I'm in a rut. Well, that's a good rut to be in. Oh, that's agreed. I've been sent here to whip the local chapter into shape. How'd you like to help me? Me? Why not? You were an active recruiter back home, you know. One of the best supervisors Boys Incorporated ever had. Well, I... Well, that was years ago, Doctor. Now, the years haven't changed you, have they, Matt? Have dinner with me tonight, Matt. Let me tell you about our plans. Well, tonight I... Well, tomorrow, I... then. And no argument. I want to hear all about your life and time since I saw you last. 
Dr. Norcott. Number one booster for Boys Incorporated. A nationwide organization dedicated to the welfare and cultural and physical development of American kids. Years ago, I'd helped the doctor organize our hometown chapter. Years ago. When red was just a color. And undercover meant a good night's sleep. Yes, sir, Matthew. You were an eager beaver in those days, all right. I confess I enjoyed every minute of it, too. Now, tell me. What are you doing with yourself these days? Hmm? Oh, same old thing. I, well, never mind about me. Boys Incorporated is much more important. What are all these big plans of yours? Well, uh, our chapter here has been rather slow and growing, Matt. We need more boys, more interest. And most important, we need more adults who will be willing to work with the youngsters, help the organization in general. We sure could use you, Matt. Well, I'd love to do it, Doctor, but... The way my time is split up now, I... Oh, nonsense. There's always some time. I'm afraid not, Doctor. Uh, come on. Hmm? Where? I'm going to convince you that it's worth your time. Well, Dr. Norton... Come along I... and no arguments, Matthew. This gym is just one portion of what this building has to offer these kids, Matt. Look at that little guy punch that bag. <laughs> Just a few months ago, he was doing that to other kids on the street. Come on, I'll show you the rest of this place. Say, I wouldn't mind having a shop like this myself. And every bit of it's free to these youngsters. Those kids, by the way, are making furniture to be used in other rooms around the building. Just one of our music rooms, Matt. Who's the boy playing the piano? Pretty good, isn't he? He's tremendous. He'll be giving a recital for us one of these days. He's good on the low hurdles, too. And the high jump. Art, music, athletics, outdoor activities. The kids share interest in everything, Matt. If not as participants... They enjoy themselves as spectators. It sounds like a sensible plan, all right. It is, and it seems to work. Thanks, sure I've progressed since I was... No, uh, but we can sure use you, Matt. We need more boys to enjoy these activities. We need adults, interested parents, men and women who work for the organization. We need a hard-hitting local representative on the National Council. We need... Easy, it. doctor. Slow down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess this project is somewhat of an obsession with me. It's so big in other parts of the country. It deserves to be big here, too. Well, Dr. Norcott, I, I wish I could help. Don't worry. There's plenty for you to do. I can't. What? I, I can't help you, Doctor. I just can't do it. My, my time is, is so limited. My work is... But, Matt, you must have some time. No. No time at all. Well, doctor, it's, it's getting late, and I, I have a company meeting to attend. If you'll excuse me. All right, Matt. Don't let me keep you from your work. Company meeting, of course, meant cell meeting. And that was still a day away. But how could I tell Dr. Norcott that my business was treacherous? My colleagues were commies. Only the FBI knew why I was doing it. 
But I couldn't tell Dr. Norcott that. The next night, the Red Clan gathered at the home of our cell leader, Comrade Kettner. I was in for two surprises this evening, one of them almost pleasant. The other, true to Kami form, unpleasant. Well, well, comrades, you think it's about time we got this meeting underway? I just as soon listen to that piano, Kettner. Who's playing? Oh, that nephew of mine. Leo! Leo! Don't stop it. It's fine. Uh, Leo, come in here. Well, we haven't time to cater to your bourgeois taste for culture, Sir Benedict. What are you calling me, Uncle Jack? Yes, come in here. That was surprise number one. It had never occurred to me that Kepner's nephew would be the same boy I'd seen playing the piano in the music room at Boys Incorporated. He was a shy kid, about 15 years old, and he seemed to have very little taste for his uncle's friends. I'm not finished with my practicing. Oh, yes, you are. No, comrades, Leo is that rare form of human. A teenage boy who enjoys playing the piano. <laughs> you you play very well, Leo. Thank you. Yes, Leo. Perhaps you'll oblige my comrades by opening our meeting with a rendition of the Internationale. I don't know it. Of course you know it. Play it. I don't know all of it. Honest. Play it, I said. We can hear the piano in the next room. You see, comrades, discipline in musical taste is as important as physical discipline. Especially in the young mind. Ah, there we are. You know the words, I trust. A mighty victim of privation. I wasn't a pretty scene, but it takes more than that to embarrass communists. In a matter of moments, Leo was forgotten, and Comrade Kepner was setting the stage for surprise number two, the unpleasant one. Now then, Mr. Betty, would you mind telling us what you've been doing with yourself these last two days? What? I don't understand what that... Well, you were seen in the presence of one Dr. Norcott yesterday. You had dinner with him. You went with him to the new headquarters of... Boys Incorporated. Yes, that's right. I did. Well, Boys Incorporated stands for everything alien to our exalted cause. I think an explanation is due. Dr. Norcott happens to be an old friend of mine, Comrade Kettner. I see. Mm-hmm. And you and he are old friends, eh? Yes. In fact, he even asked me to help him recruit for that decadent organization of his. Naturally, I refused. You... You refused? Yes. Of course I refused. Why? Sabetic, aren't you aware that the party's been trying to infiltrate that organization locally for some time? Infiltrate Boys Incorporated? Of course. What are you talking about? The young mind, comrade. The fertile, malleable, youthful mind. If we can place our comrades in key positions throughout that organization, we have access to those minds. Now, just a minute. How do you expect to infiltrate that ah, type of... Simple, comrade simple. Through your friendship with Dr. Norcott. Now, you say that he asked you to recruit for him. Good. You do just that. Every cell member here with an eligible child will see that that child becomes a member of Boys Incorporated. Now, look, Kettner. I've already told Dr. Norcott that I wouldn't I be able to... change your mind, Sir Eric. You'll recruit us. 
I must confess, my nephew is already a member of Boys Incorporated. His mother seems to approve of it. Now I can make it serve the party. Suppose we do get into the organization, Captain. What good can it do? How can we change the setup to suit us? As I understand it, Boys Incorporated has a national council consisting of adults who represent local areas, the policymakers. Now, with a little planning, comrades, we can spearhead a drive to get me elected to the National Council of Boys Incorporated. What's the matter, Spencer? Don't you approve? I tell you, it's ridiculous. Dr. Norkett is your friend, Sedetic. He's asking you to help him. It's the least you can do for a friend. Back to Dana Andrews, starring as Matt Sebatic in I Was a Communist for the FBI and the second act of our story. The commie parasites were at work now, determined to drain every drop of decency from a great organization. This time they were disguised as eager parents of eager kids. Easy to turn the facilities of Boys Incorporated into a training ground for treachery. Matt, these past few weeks have been a revelation to me. I can't tell you how grateful I am. Grateful? For what, Doctor? For what? Why, for the way you've increased our membership. Look, look at those boys. Ever see this gym so active? Wonderful youngsters. And their parents. And especially fond of that Kettner fellow. Wonderful worker, Matt. Diligent. Sincere. Yeah, Kettner's terribly sincere. I've already spoken to him about running for the National Council. What? As our local representative. He seems quite willing. Doctor, you don't want Kettner on the National Council. He's mm, just not He's a... ideal for the job, Matt. What's more, the other adult supervisors agree with me. I couldn't tell Dr. Norcott about Kettner or the other diligent, sincere workers. Kettner knew how close I was with the doctor. He'd know instantly how Norcott learned the truth. And if that happened, the FBI would be out one undercover man. I left the doctor in the gym and wandered through the halls of the building, trying to figure some way to get the truth across to Norcott. I passed the woodworking rooms, buzzing with activity, the art department pungent with the aroma of oils and the sweet smell of crayon. The music rooms were dark as I approached them, but one of them was occupied. I paused at the open door and squinted through the gloom. Seated at the piano, alone, pecking dispiritedly at the keys, was Leo Kettner. Well, it's all right, Leo. I was just wondering who was in here. I was just going home, anyway. No, stay. It's all right. Wasn't that the international you were playing? You ought to know. You're one of them. One of what? My uncle's comrade. I'll see you later. Now, wait a minute. You don't like your uncle's comrades, do you? No. Mom doesn't either. There's nothing we can do about it. Uncle Jack is supporting us. I see. 
you haven't been very active around here lately. I haven't seen you working out on the track. Or on the piano either, for that matter. Why should I? Why shouldn't you? Here, here's why I shouldn't. That's why. You and Uncle Jack and your comrades all over the place. Dr. Norka doesn't seem to mind. I know. I thought he was a decent guy. What do you mean? You heard me. He's just like the rest of you. What? You think Dr. Norka... Well, isn't he? You ought to know. He even gets my uncle nominated to run for the National Council. And he wants me to play piano for the program on election night. It seems to me all you'd have to do is tell the other supervisors what you know about your uncle and... Oh, sure, sure. Where would Mom and I go after that? Excuse me, it's late. Mom will be home from work soon. Oh, Leo. Now, look, son. Maybe if you... Listen, Mr. Svetic. Official boys code tells us we got to respect our elders. But it doesn't tell us how to respect communists. So leave me alone. Bring the meeting to order. Now, first of all, a progress report on our work within Boys Incorporated. <laughs> As you know, the good Dr. Norkett has nominated me for the election to the National Council. <laughs> Do you think you'll win that election, Comrade Kedney? I must win, Svetik. Having progressed this far, the party will not tolerate a defeat. There's only one way I could possibly lose now. If Dr. Norcott or uh, any of the other voters should learn our true purpose, if they were to discover that I were working for our exalted red cause, but uh, I'm sure that won't happen. Will it, Comrade Svetik? No, Comrade Ketner, it probably won't. How does the stage look to you from here, Matt? That's very impressive, Doctor. Yes, sir. I hope this auditorium will be full tomorrow night, Matthew. You really expect that big a turnout for our first election? I should say so. Got a great program lined up for entertainment. Parents are more excited than the kids. <laughs> How excited are they about Kettner? They love him. May even be a unanimous vote. Hmm. Incidentally, you know how sulky young Leo Kettner's been lately. Leo? Yes, he's, he's been kind of upset. One of his adolescent moods, I guess. A lot of talking. But I finally convinced him to give a piano recital as the climax of the program. Oh? Well, that's... that's fine. He didn't give you any clue to his moodiness, did he? Oh, he'll be all right. Between him and his uncle, it'll be an all-Kettner show. The Kettner steamroller was the red steamroller. But Norcott and the voters were colorblind. There had to be some way I could throw the commies off their course. Some way to prevent them from ramming their man into the policy-making body of Boys Incorporated. But the big night came too soon. The auditorium filled with beaming parents. The kids put on a wonderful show. Even as young Leo Kettner finished his first encore, I had not found a way to stop the race.
Oh, look at that, Svedek. Listen to them. They love that kid. They should, Captain. The boy's good. Good. Good is right. Good for us, good for me, and good for the party. But when he leaves the stage, the voting starts. And that Ketna name will be uppermost in their mountains. Well, that's his second encore. I didn't think he'd be willing to play this well, considering his attitude. Oh, he's not doing it for my benefit. Typical of his bourgeois training. He's playing to please that mother of his... That was Leo's second encore. Now the balloting was certain to begin. Too late for me to block the coming advance. Too late for me to... Wait. They won't let the boy leave the stage. He's bobbed three times, four times. But they insist on another encore. The poor kid looks confused, bewildered. He's pausing in the wings. It's obvious that he's not prepared for another encore. He doesn't seem to know exactly what to do. If I could get to him before the applause fades away. If I could get to him before he begs off completely. If I could only reach him now. 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 Leo. Leo, wait. Aesthetic. Listen to him. What do I do? I don't know what to play. Play a request, Leo. A request. Well, I haven't got anything else ready. Oh, yes, you have. Play a, a request, a special personal request from your uncle. My uncle? He's requested that you play the International. Oh, no. No, I, I couldn't. Cleo, don't you understand? That's his favorite song, and this is his big night. Play it. He deserves it, Leo. Don't you understand? He deserves it. Best of all, I'm playing it for you and for him. Matt, Matt, for heaven's sake, what's that song he's playing? Why, I don't know, Dr. Norcott. Sounds familiar, but I, I just can't seem to place it. Hey, come down. That's it. It's the International. Why, Matt? Why? What's wrong with the boy? He said it's his uncle's favorite, Doctor. It's the communist anthem. Yeah, that's right. And he said it's his uncle's favorite. It worked all right. Young Leo took his cue and played it to the hilt. When the excitement died down, Comrade Kettner had vanished from the hall. Other seats were empty, too. Seats that had been occupied by other communists. The Reds didn't stay to witness their denouncement and defeat. But Leo didn't stay either. <laughs> I found him outside the building, huddled on the steps of the fire exit, sobbing bitterly. I tried to comfort him, but I wasn't very good at it. 
what can I do now, Mr. Stenick? I can't go back inside and in there. I can't go back to my uncle's house. Where can I go? What can I do? Leo, listen to me. Dr. Norcott knew nothing about the Reds. Nothing. You're a Red. How can I believe you? Sure, I'm a Red. But the doctor isn't. You saw how he reacted to that scene inside. Leo, is that you? Oh, he's right here, doctor. Come inside, son. There's an auditorium full of people waiting to thank you for what you've done. Thank... thank me? Of course. Come on. You too? You want to thank me too? boy, Leo. Coming, Matt. Oh, oh no, doctor. I'll, I'll be in later. As you wish. It was over now. The red steamroller had flattened its own crew of commies. Ketner was called out of town by party officials with sinister suddenness. Boys Incorporated saw that Leo and his mother were cared for, and I, well, I just walked away. I left a good friend and a part of my past behind me and just walked away. It's easier to walk without friends, without memories, when you walk the red, red road. When you walk the road alone. Turn in just a moment. This is Dana Andrews reminding you that there's an additional state in this union of ours, the state of mind known as freedom. Its borders extend as far as the mind of man. Its constitution is the Bill of Rights. Its chief executive, you. In the story you just heard, names, dates, and places are fictitious to protect innocent persons. Many of these stories are based on incidents in the life of Matt Savetic, who works undercover for the FBI. Next week, another fantastic adventure. Join us then, won't you? This series was based on the experiences of Matt Svetik, who was a real-life double agent working for the FBI, infiltrating communist organizations in the U.S. Svetik wrote about his experiences in books and magazines in the mid-1940s. There was even a movie in 1951 about his story. Matt Svetik was played by Dana Andrews in this radio show and by Frank Lovejoy in the movie. The radio show is filled with the tension that a double agent lives. Does someone in the Communist Party know that he's reporting to the FBI? Is he being spied on? What about the guy in the doorway? Had he seen him before? And what about the little old lady? Is she, t- is she talking to someone on the phone reporting on him? 
His family life is basically destroyed by his career. He cannot take his family into his confidence, and he is forced to lie to them for his country. The communists in the show are pretty much painted with a very broad brush as being wrong, humorless, worse than the Nazis, and always bent on world domination. The show contains a lot of red bashing. It aired from 1952 to 1954, which was during the McCarthy era, but it is based on Svetik's real-life experiences and does show how alienating it can, it can be to lead this type of double life, even isolating yourself from your family, proving that if you do this, then you truly do walk alone. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.